Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. If you are on Instagram, you've probably followed uh, Julie on the secure relationship. She has a really, really great content and she is a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in emotionally focused therapy for couples. She also provides insight and advice for couples at the secure relationship on Instagram. I'll put all these in the show notes, all her details. And she has over 1 million followers. She founded and runs the Bozeman therapy and counseling clinic and the secure relationship coaching. She lives in Bozeman, Montana with her husband and six kids. And she has a book that is going to definitely go into more detail than what we're going to cover today. So we'll probably just skim, right? Skim some of the Absolutely. knowledge that you have for us. Um, I wish I could you, provide it all in one shot, but. <laughs> right. And then we're all perfect and we never fight again. Exactly. Uh, I, I actually asked you to be on today's podcast, Julie, because. I, I share several of your posts. I really, really connect with um, you sharing about attachment and those cycles that we get in as in our relationships. Mm -hmm. And this one stood out to me. It was about uh, getting kind of wrapped up in the details of a fight and sure. really missing what we're really asking or needing. And I'm definitely one of those who has done that plenty of times. And it takes me sometimes several rounds for me to really figure out what am I actually figuring, mm -hmm. you know, wanting and needing in this relationship. So right. um, can you just tell me, Julie, where, where this all started for you, where you wanted to focus on couples and attachment and helping relationships thrive in that secure place? Um, well, I was working with individuals and I was really interested in attachment theory. That was my passion, so to speak. That was my, where I was really going with my, you know, specialization. And I did not want to work with couples, but I had to, because I had to get the hours for my, to earn my license. And so I saw the first couple and I just fell in love with it because it's really where attachment comes alive is when, you know, you're either talking about a parent child relationship or a romantic relationship. So I realized that I can actually help people heal their attachment wounds from the past with each other instead of having to do it alone. And um, it's just, it creates such a, a tight bond for couples when they're going through their own growth as individuals and the growth of the relationship together. So um, I just started, I dove in, I started practicing EFT, which is a modality to treat couples that uses attachment theory as the theoretical kind of underpinnings. And um, then 
I COVID, I just kind of randomly decided to start an Instagram account um, because I I was realizing the information on Instagram really wasn't attachment friendly as far at least what I was, you know, from what I was observing um, as far as really helping couples understand the attachment needs in the relationship like there there was information saying hey you have a anxious attachment or avoidant attachment but it wasn't really. I wasn't finding a lot that was helping people know really what to do with it, especially in the context of their current relationship. And so I just started making little hand drawings to kind of teach people the concepts in the simplest way that I could. And then that really took off. And so now what I'm really wanting to do is just kind of an extension of that, which is help couples understand what their attachment needs are in order to feel safe and close with their partner and um, how when we start talking about these you know really important things in a relationship like finances or parenting issues or sex you know all of these things are really important but what happens is is we have the top layer of the problem which is the content and if that's not conversation isn't going well we start getting we start having um unmet attachment needs and the way couples are communicating about the problem. And so when the the attachment needs are going unmet, now we have another problem underneath the surface and that's a relationship problem. And so we have all this attachment insecurity sort of, you know, um, kind of like chronic inflammation, you know, mm. right under the surface. And then what happens is, is not only does the top problem not really get resolved, um, but it also, you know, harms the couple's emotional connection and sense of safety and closeness in the relationship. And so worst case scenario is, um, you know, problems just keep building up and getting pushed under the rug. And then the couple just, you know, drifts further and further apart emotionally and the relationship just really gets damaged. So I really want to come in and teach couples, you know, here's how you can start communicating in a way that preserves your attachment safety. And okay. when that happens, everything gets better, you know, honestly, everything gets better. They start feeling closer and the closeness starts helping them resolve problems. And as they resolve problems, they have fewer problems and that helps them feel closer. And no relationship is ever going to be perfect. So that's, you know, an important piece to remember too. But yeah. when, when I can get couples into this secure zone, they're able to to manage and navigate ruptures along the way um, mm. fully. Yeah. So they can get back to their what I call overall climate of security. I like that. That's a lot. And it, it is, but it, <laughs> for me, I'm thinking of my own experience. And you know, when I started therapy, it wasn't for, you know, we're arguing and mm -hmm. and more basic relationship issues. There was some really heavy and deep wounds from okay. betrayal yeah. and and so we didn't start working on attachment for so long mm -hmm. and it kind of blew my mind when i started learning about mm -hmm. what i was you know steering more towards and um so i have a question for you because are you seeing clients you know for those listening they often wait you know if they don't have a story like mine they're like i don't necessarily need to go to therapy or i don't necessarily need help, but I'm also not maybe thriving in my relationship like I'd like to. Is that the type of client that you're seeing? Uh, yes. And then I also see clients like what you're describing with some, you know, bigger right. wounds. Um, I think people nowadays are 
are more open to wanting a thriving relationship instead of just a surviving relationship. And so those are the couples that are falling into that category where they just know we could feel closer. We could work yeah. through problems in a healthier way, or we want to set a better example for our children. Um, and then, you know, I see kind of the whole gamut really. Okay. And yeah. for me, it's the recognizing a pattern and wow, we keep, this keeps coming up for me something around a similar topic yes. and um so i have a question i have in my first marriage i was married for 21 years wow. i worked through a lot of avoidant attachment mm -hmm. and got to a place where i feel like we really could connect and and work through a lot of our problems and tried to stay in that secure place as much as mm -hmm. possible then after i got divorced and i started dating it felt like a whole new whirlwind of attachment things came okay. up and more anxious okay. attachment. And it was very strange for me because I wasn't used to that. That was what my former right. partner was. And so I've noticed with some friends who are also dating that there it's this strange, which one am I? And sure. I feel that pull. Uh, this weekend, I felt the pull towards more of that avoidant part of me that I haven't felt in so long, that deep. Um, but I weren't like, I can feel it coming. Here it is. But also, how do I stop it? Right. So can, can we have those changes? Or was I maybe more an avoidant, an anxious and avoidant? You know, that's a, everybody wants to know the answer to that question. It's complicated because I, in my experience, people tend to their attachment style in their romantic relationship is going to ref heavily reflect um, their attachment style growing up with their caregivers. And so if that was kind of, you know, vague, then it could be kind of vague as an adult. Um, I see most people fit pretty neatly into one or the other categories. Um, but with that said, that's not everybody. Let's say that's 75% of people. That's still a big chunk of people, 25%. And so of those 25%, sometimes people think that they're one thing, but they're really not. Um, and it takes a professional because the quizzes and things are, are sometimes not um, super accurate. You know, it, it, the, the actual attachment style test, the, the official one is an inventory. It's not even a quiz. It's a, a professional who's trained to give this it's an interview style assessment that takes an hour or more, you know? And so a lot of times I'll have someone come to me, not a lot, but it's common. Someone come to me and say, oh, I'm this, but they're really, you know, if I really dig around, they're not. But what I like to say to people is work with what you have in the current relationship, because you can shift. If you have, you know, you grew up in a home where you had a really strong anxious attachment with one parent and kind of a mild avoidant attachment with another parent, you can you can have different partners later pull out different sides of you. Mm -hmm. um, so I say work with what you've got, whatever you you are right in this current yeah. relationship. But there's a question that I can ask, and sometimes it will help people be more clear. Which is when when the emotional stakes are the highest, do you fear more being abandoned emotionally or or physically abandoned, or do you fear more not getting it right. 
not not performing well, not not getting it right in your partner's eyes, not getting it right in your own eyes. Right. So it's kind of like, do you fear more abandonment or do you fear more viewing yourself as a failure or someone else viewing you as a failure? And when the emotional stakes are highest, anxious partners are going to fear abandonment and avoidant partners are going to fear failure. Okay. Well, that's something to think about. I think even if someone is very new to attachment and maybe doesn't even know what they are or, Mm -hmm. um, wants to study, I think probably your coaching would work, right? No matter where they're at, that's something that they, that you offer. Yes. I have. Yeah. I, I don't have openings, but I do have a, a trained staff that is, you know, I make sure that they're very highly trained in EFT, which is the modality that I use and they can, they absolutely, they're trained to work with that. Um, I think, you know, I'm kind of right now, and I don't know if this is, a good idea or not i'm playing around with it but i'm really trying to move people away from this label as anxious or avoidant or disorganized and just kind of move people into i have an insecure attachment period no matter what category we put me in you know how do i work with that insecure attachment because it shows up in moments right and and so we need to work with what is showing up in a moment exactly okay yeah. And I love that. And so it sounds like a little bit of what we're even talking about. The the problem is not the problem. We're, we're not trying to label and be stuck in that. Um, it, it, the label is helpful to yes. the degree that it helps you know what to work on. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Um, okay, so. And let me add to that. You can know okay. what to work on without the label by recognizing what's not working, what the problem is for you. You know, if, if you have a moment and like you're describing to me, you know, this weekend, I felt this avoidance coming back up. I would be curious what happened right before you started feeling that urge to, to avoid. And what does avoid even mean for you? What did that look like? What kind of behavior were you wanting to engage in? And something would have needed to happen right before that that triggered that part. And I would want to know more about, yeah. So I would be like, well, what happened? Well, what did that mean to you? What were you afraid of in that moment? Why did avoiding or doing this behavior that you're calling avoided, why did that feel safe in that moment? Okay. You know what is so funny? I am thinking now that you're saying that and it all makes sense now mm -hmm. because I, I had to deal with my former husband for hours and hours to co-parent some hard stuff. And so I went into that with my boyfriend of just, I wanted to just push him away. Like, this is so much. We don't, you don't want to be a part of this. Let's, I'm going to run away now. Okay. So so you felt overwhelmed and okay. And like, you but and what would have happened now? And I was around him. Okay. So what would have happened if you brought too much of that to this relationship? here right yes the the not yeah i'm too much at that point like okay my kids so, are too much, i'm too much okay i'm too much is like the most classic attachment <laughs> line ever <laughs> it's a i'm a, i'm afraid i'm gonna be too much i'm afraid yeah. that all i have going on inside of me or in my life or whatever is just gonna push you away and you're so gonna I'll push you away instead Exactly. Yeah. So it that that the, this is the area where I would say maybe, you know, as a professional, I 
obviously don't know you well enough to know your attachment yes. style, but I will say that's a, that's an anxious move, Classic. but because you wanted to move away, you think, oh, that's being avoidant, but it's, it's not necessarily anxious partners can do avoidant behavior sometime and avoidant partners can do anxious behavior sometime, but that core fear of I'm too much is much more of an anxious theme because anxious the reason is this anxious partners grew up in homes where they got messages over and over you're too much you're too much your emotions are too much your emotions are too much and avoidant partners didn't get that because they weren't showing their emotions mm, that makes sense yeah oh okay so <laughs> we find ourselves in an argument um a pattern with our partner or with a loved one um you're saying we have this this the problem isn't the problem but maybe i'm wrapped up in the details hey this is what you did and i'm i'm very upset how do i even pause to find mm -hmm. what i'm actually needing or wanting to talk about um maybe that did for connection and i'm approaching it with the criticism and sure. contempt yeah so First of all, it's important outside of the moment to understand what you're needing. And so I really want am wanting people to understand what attachment needs actually are, right? And, and it's very, there's not a super long list. It's a list of things that humans need to know about other humans to feel safe to that person. It's not about self needs, right? We need to self-validate. We need to have self-love. If, if we don't have those things, it is going to be harder to feel close to another person, right? But when we do have a relationship, we wanna feel safe and close to that person. And so we need to know that they can emotionally validate us. You know, maybe not all the time, but yeah. well enough. We need to know that they appreciate us. We need to know they want us, value us. And this is really true, you know, for even a, a work relationship. Like you don't have the same level of emotional needs from your coworker, but to some degree, you do need to know that they respect you and appreciate you in order to feel okay with them. If you don't know that, you're probably just gonna kind of avoid them, you know? And so when we start talking about romantic relationships, these needs are just exponentially higher. Um, and so let me just say again, um, I need to know you can, you can understand me. I need to know you appreciate me. I need to know that you want me, that um, my needs matter to you. I need to know that I can trust you and I need to know you can trust me. I need to know that you know you can be there for me most of the time when i really need you you're going to show up for me and so what happens is is we need to know those things outside of the moment so we have that knowledge to draw on just it is difficult in the moment even when you know it because your, mm -hmm. your prefrontal cortex gets hijacked um but the more you kind of learn these things and keep it in your mind, the better you're going to be able to access it in difficult moments. And then you, there's a piece of it because, okay, sorry, I'm getting a little um, tangenty here. So okay. in a moment, let's say you're arguing about finances and your partner says, you're just irresponsible with money. Right. And you're over here thinking, well, I don't see myself as irresponsible with money. I see myself as wanting to save, but also wanting to um, enjoy life, right? And so now you're feeling misunderstood, you're feeling unseen, you're feeling invalidated. That's the real problem right there. Not that you have this di disagreement about how to manage money, but that 
you just now have all these unmet attachment needs. And so then you start communicating in a way where you're not really talking about money anymore, which is important. You're talking about meet my needs, meet my needs, meet my needs. Well, you're the one who's, you're too rigid. And it's like a protest to try to say, hear me, hear me, hear me. I need to see that you're the problem. So you don't see me as being the problem. So I can feel seen and understood. Right. And so then it just gets super convoluted. And so even if you can't really catch that in the moment, what you can catch is, is the trigger. Right. And the trigger is that point. It's going to start with an unmet attachment need in that that's the point at which you're going to feel a trigger in your body. And so the more emotional awareness in your body that you can develop, the more quickly you're going to be able to step back and go, okay, I feel my chest tightening. I feel, you know, my heart start, my heart rate starting to increase. You know, what can I do right now to kind of create some self-regulation? Let me take some breaths. I'm safe. Um, ideally, when couples are really strong, they're able to co-regulate each other, meaning one or the other, hopefully, you know, not the same one the whole time in the relationship, but one or the other is able to say, okay, hold on. We're, we're going into that negative cycle. I call it in my field. We call okay. it a negative cycle. Um, we're going into that negative cycle. Let's just, let's take some breaths. Let's try to meet each other. You know, let's just kind of hold hands for a second, remind each other, hey, we're on the same team here. Yeah. It's the, the cycle and the way that we're communicating is the enemy, not really, you know, we're not really enemies of each other. It, somehow find enough regulation to then move forward with the conversation with more safety, but you have to know how to do that. And, you know, yeah. it's a, a skill set. Yeah. It's like, you can't just say to someone, okay, be safe with each other. What does that even look like? <laughs> you know? So, um, my, my job when I'm working with a couple, the first thing and in my book, the first thing I'm wanting couples to learn how to do is just interrupt this negative cycle, just interrupt mm. it. Don't go forward with it. You might have to table some tough topics for a while. It's going to be hard. It, it's hard to not follow those urges because it's scary, you know, because you might not be heard, you might not be understood. But if you keep going down that road, it's just going to keep reinforcing these neural pathways around what's not working. Mm. And so from there, from learning to interrupt it, then we need to learn how to create an environment that prevents it. And we need to learn how to repair it. And then when we can repair it and talk about what happened, okay, here's what was going on for me. Here's what was going on for me, you know, then, and, and then help the couple move forward through the conversation, you know, without, without being in a negative cycle. I mean, ultimately I'm helping couples communicate outside of negative cycles and that's what really builds security. Yeah. I love this. So would you disagree with the idea that once you find your person, you're going to have the same argument and negative pattern forever. I've uh, heard that. I don't disagree with that because unless you get help to learn how to resolve it. If you don't yeah. get help, yes, you will continue to probably have the same argument over and over. You know, can I say always no? There's always exceptions, <laughs> but very likely, highly likely. Um, if you learn how to actually communicate in a way where you can resolve the most difficult topics because mm -hmm. you're able to work through it, then no, you don't have to be stuck in that pattern. 
The problem is people just don't know how to communicate with emotional safety and that creates right. Well, I'll be really honest. I, we did a lot of therapy in mm -hmm. my first marriage and we still never got great at it. And I feel like, um, ego pride. I took things personal, mm -hmm. uh, and exactly what you were saying. I, when we were in a negative cycle, the problem, the enemy was each other. And yeah. instead of the enemy is this problem that, yeah. you know, this, this need that is being unmet and neither of us feel seen and heard. Right. And so for me to get into a different relationship and realize that this person can still communicate with me when we are in a negative cycle and those, I call it a gentle reminder. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Just, like I've given you permission to call me out and help me when I start to go on this thought train of, you know, maybe I'm too much and maybe I should run sure. and all the things. Um, so when that's it is, regulation, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it kind of blew my mind because I yeah. thought, how do, what are we doing here? That aren't we mad at each other? And I'm like, no, I love you. There is this yeah. thing right here, but no, we can still stay connected. We can still have conversation. We can still send memes to each other. It blew my mind. Wow. And yeah. And so what it happens kind of, in your nervous system, just as you share this with me, do you feel a settling? Do you feel a lightness? Cause this yes. is okay. So that that's the work, you know, when you say, how do I get out of that place where the tension is high, it's whatever needs to happen to get you down into this place. And so it sounds like you have a partner that's very skilled with co-regulating yes that's able and to get you back into that safe space yeah yeah and so no matter how much work i have done it wasn't maybe the work for this and so you know, and a lot of times couples ther therapy what happens is the couple is just in the negative cycle the entire session yes. <laughs> and the couples therapist doesn't understand how to work with that you know they haven't been trained in that way and so really mm -hmm what you're doing is just reinforcing the problem that if a couple's in a negative cycle, the, the therapist needs to be coming in and managing that and getting them out and saying, what's going on right now? Here we are in it because it's alive. This is the greatest time to work with it mm. and then help them repair it in, in the session. Within. And then they learn how to do that outside. Yeah. I work, okay. I work with what's in front of me and a lot of couples therapists work with what's going to happen later. And it just doesn't, it's, it has uh, very limited effectiveness. Yeah. And I am, working, I am working with what's going to happen later. I'm just doing it by working what, with what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my coaches that work for me are also trained to do that. It's, it's a type of work, you know, I didn't make it up. <laughs> I just learned it really well. <laughs> It's what you're specialized in. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. Even you describing how you got into working with couples and realizing there was more success in that than doing individual. Um, yes. And yeah. Yeah. Depending. Yeah. You know, there, there are other factors there, but yes. ultimately. And yeah, the interesting thing is we did a lot of individual therapy and not a lot of couples therapy and my marriage did end. So yeah. well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's hard. Okay. So what would be uh, maybe your, your tips of where to start if I find myself, you know, we have a lot of negative cycles 
And we definitely aren't co-regulating. That sounds foreign. And so I don't know where to start, but I really would like to be able to get to the bottom of what I'm actually needing and feeling and for the same for my partner. Where do I even start? Okay, so I, if you really want a deeper dive than what I can give you here, I would go to my Instagram and I have a highlight at the very top of my grid called Start Here. And that oh. kind of has all the basic information that, um, you know, I have to share. It's, it's the, the starting point. And, um, the, you know, so, so that's number one. Number two, if you don't do that, it, it's stabilize, and stabilize your negative cycle. Stop doing what's not working. That, that's number one. Just stop. Stop doing what's not working. It's easy for me to say that because um, much easier than it is in real life when you don't know what to fill it up with, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's only, you know, we can stop, but then what do we do? Do we never revisit this? Well, damage control is number one because talking about things in this cycle it really is just harming your emotional connection and not, and you're probably not going to get resolution. So I don't, you know, people can be in mild negative cycles where they're not completely understanding each other, but at least they're kind of getting somewhere or at least they're hashing it out in a way. And that's okay. But if you're in that situation where you're really just getting escalated and going back and forth and throwing daggers, and now we're not even talking about money at all. We're talking about what happened three years ago. Don't, don't do that. Right. So damage control, I call it emptying the bucket of dirty water. And then we have to fill it back up with clean water. But for a while we've got this empty bucket and couples, can, you know, it's hard. It's a hard place to be because you don't know what to do and you might feel really disconnected. Some people fighting is actually their emotional intimacy because at mm -hmm. least you're sharing emotions and something feels alive, even though it feels bad. And so the second thing is learn emotional support skills, learn how to communicate in emotionally healthy ways. I have tons of information about that on my Instagram. Um, validation is supremely important just really being able to say, okay, I hear what you're saying. Here's what you're saying. I get it. It makes sense to me that you feel this way. I might not agree with, you know, it makes sense to me that, you know, um, you felt uh, like I wasn't understanding you, right? I, I do think I was understanding you, but I understand that that's intensely painful when you think someone isn't understanding you, right? You're not mm. really agreeing to whatever it is, but you're saying, I get it. Like I get how that look on my face could have made you believe that I was mad at you. You know, I wasn't mad at you, but I understand that it's really uncomfortable when you think your partner's mad at you. You hear what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. validation is the key to almost everything relationally. People desperately want to be seen and heard and understood. And when you validate them, you're really sending the message. I see you. I hear you. I understand you. Let's come together and try to work this through, you know, in a way. And so circling back, that would be next is, is figuring out how we can communicate without destroying these attachment needs in our relationship. And then from there, learning how to repair ruptures. And um, then sometimes we have old wounds. We need to learn how to have conversations about healing the old stuff that's probably still alive and coming out in these negative cycles. And um, 
you know, I wish I could give you a simple solution. Um, but I think if, if again, I'm just going to keep redirecting you back to my Instagram or, you know, listeners back to my Instagram, because it's all there. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just choppy. I've tried to organize it as best <laughs> as possible in the start here highlight, but the book is really where I expand on it. And um, if you have the, you know, if you have um, the opportunity, definitely get some EFT couples therapy or coaching. Awesome. Okay. And um, you've given us some verbiage to use and help see our partner rather than just ourselves, which I think is where I have been in the past for Mm -hmm. sure is making sure that I am heard and I Mm -hmm. get my point across without realizing I'm having a conversation with someone else. So um, I call it keeping one foot in yourself and putting one foot into them. So you're grounded in both, you know, you're grounded in yourself. So you're not losing yourself, but you are able to, you know, I, the way I would describe it um, kind of logistically is to step back and go, okay, what's going on inside of me? I'm feeling misunderstood right now. I'm starting to have this urge to fight back, you know, to be heard. Mm -hmm. What might be going on with my partner right now? Okay. Maybe they're feeling unappreciated in this moment or like I'm coming at them with criticism and so now their nervous system is getting all dysregulated and mm. how can we you know how I'm can we do something <laughs> different yeah and, and that uh, would look like sharing you know the words might be okay here this is one of those moments where I'm starting to feel unseen and my urge is to start fighting back but I know that's not going to work for us so I want to try something new right now mm. and also just throwing some tips out, Um, you know, if you have a concern with your partner, a good way to bring it up is to say, hey, you know, to start with validation. I I really do understand that it's hard for you to talk about these things that we, you know, because to talk about, just to go back to money, to talk about money, I get it. We have not had a lot of success with that topic in the past. Both of us have ended up feeling worse and it makes a lot of sense to me that you would want to avoid that topic. Um, and there, that's going to create some safety, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I have a need to feel safe in the world. And part of that need to feel safe is around money. So I need for us to be able to have this conversation. How can we work together here? So you're mm-hmm. kind of validating their need, creating some safety, not giving up your own need. You're kind of having it as a both and. So yeah. just to, just to give a little specific, you know, tool for people to work with. Yeah, well, and you have, you've given us many tools and I can imagine the book is filled with as much beautiful content as your Instagram and more. So, um, yeah, so I, again, go follow Miss Julie and get her book. Um, where, where else can they find you? Do you have a website um, for the uh, coaching? Yes. So if you're interested in coaching, I have an amazing staff um, and that is the secure relationship.com. Yeah. Okay. And um, I have a website, juliemanano.com. My book is not out yet. It, it's released on January 30th, but it is available for pre-order everywhere. It's called Secure Love. Great. So, okay. Thank um, you so much. And for the tips welcome. and verbiage, I think if not uh, help people get started, it's going to help them see that there's another way. There is another way. There yeah. is. And it's a, 
it's a path of not just relationship growth, but personal growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Julie. You're very welcome. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email.